0: Why is everything pumping except for ETH? ETH got its BlackRock filing for a spot ETH ETF, and then ETH went up 8%, but then Solana went up 25%. You know what else has pumped in the last two weeks? Avalanche, Chainlink, Thorchain, Illuvium, Polygon. What's going on in this market, and what does the Grayscale ETH e Trust have to do with it? I think I've got some answers, Ryan, and I want to share them with you and see if you're seeing what I'm seeing. That's what we're going to start this episode with. What else are we going to talk about?
1: Yeah, this is the first take. The second take is uh, going to help you, David, because that sounds like a little bit of cope, my friend. Yeah. And we've got some <laughs> uh, lessons from Udi for ETH holders like you on how That's to it. cope. And then we've got exactly a meta what question here. for. Well, so the question is, Are uh, eth- is the Ethereum community, are we the maxis now? That's mm-hmm. the discussion point I want to have with you. Also, a take from me, why I think that bull markets are more dangerous than bull Bear markets and what to do about that, how to survive. So, we've got three takes of the week. All of these takes brought to you by our friends over at Linea. Linea is a new ZK EVM rollup. They've got a voyage going on right now six weeks, 10 waves, 10 core tasks, optional bonus tasks. You can choose from over 60 DeFi apps to engage with and collect your experience points. Join the voyage. There is a link in the show notes to go explore this exciting new rollup. All right, David. The first take. Why don't you answer the questions for me, okay? So why is everything pumping except for ETH right now? What about my bags, David? I think everyone who
0: is paying attention to markets has noticed some sort of trend. Uh, ETH, The Bitcoin ETH ratio is down bad. Like it's ETH down bad versus Bitcoin. Uh, And then a lot of the down the market cap alts have really, really pumped, notably Solana. Uh, and I want to start off this take with a metaphor here.
1: Of uh, have you ever played craps before, Ryan? Uh, I've not played craps. I've I've watched craps being played on uh, TV. So like you know, um, um, the Hangover comes to mind. Fair, that's what yeah. that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a craps table, and I'm you know playing with uh, Zach Galifianakis at the craps, at the craps table. Yeah. What? what <laughs> so tell me how this works though.
0: Okay, so Craps is a pretty fun game because you you have chips, like all games, um, and your chips can either be on or off the table. And if they are on the table, they are on the table in a specific way. I think of all games in a casino, Craps is probably most like the stock market or the crypto market where like <laughs> you can place your chips on like the 10 or the 7 or the or the 4 or certain combinations. Um, but they're on the table or they're off the table. And if they're on the table, they are at risk. There are also, you, you can have like gains as well. So if you put your chips on 10 and a 10 gets rolled, you get money. If you put your chips on 10, but a six gets rolled, you don't make any money, but you also don't lose any money. And then there's also like the certain roll of the dice where if you, a roll of dice, and then everyone who has chips on the table, they all lose money. It's a little bit like a stock market. It's a little bit like an economy. So it's a multiplayer game. It's not just like one it's single It's a multiplayer game. Here. It's Well, it's, it's, it's multiplayer versus the market. So it's players versus market.
1: Yeah. Now in craps, the, uh, the, the house always wins though, right? Okay. Well, so... in the
0: casino, the house always
1: wins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. So this is kind of my take for what is going on in the market. This is the phase in the market in which players are placing their chips on the table. I think we all have gotten this bullish sentiment in the last two weeks or so, probably sparked by the realization that a spot Bitcoin ETF approval could be imminent. And everyone kind of realized, oh, I'm I'm off sides. I have chips off the table and I need to put chips on the table. So everybody crowds around the craps table. Right. Because I think that at some point the bear market has concluded people are tired of being bearish and they see the bullish catalysts ahead and they're like, oh, it's time to re-enter the game, where am I going to place my chips? Am I going to play my chips? Place my chips on the four? Am I going to place my chips on the on the five? On the ten? Where am I going to place my chips? And I think this accounts for one of the big uh, reasons as to why we've seen so much appreciation downstream of the market, sub Bitcoin and Ether, sub the blue chips. Uh, and this is where people who have have pulled their their stable coins out of the market and are now deploying stable coins, aka chips into the market. People have decided where they want to place their bets. Solana is the clear winner here. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to say that like, oh, people are just betting on Solana and it's not really it's not really supportive of their fundamentals. Uh, no actually people are placing their bets on Solana because of its fundamentals uh, I is- just
1: put a number I, I've got the screen this is a uh, 30 day gainers uh, over the last 30 days Solana number two it's up 164 mm-hmm. percent you're saying a lot of players are putting their uh, their chips on the Solana um, square right now yeah that's that's totally right and if you actually look at the monthly winners
0: here you actually see a lot of familiar faces from last bull market. Thorchain is number one at up 200%. Solana on the 30-day, up 150%. IMX, 120%. Illuvium, 110%. Remember PancakeSwap on Binance Smart Chain, up 100%. Chainlink, 95%. Avalanche, 85%. Polygon, 83%. These are familiar faces. You know all of these names. These are names from the 2021 bull market. So my take here is that there's actually no new money coming in. It's people, it's us, crypto people that have been around for the bull bear market who have decided that is now time to take their chips that were off the table and place their chips on the table. And so this is the market telling you of these uh winners here who they think has built the most during the bear market. But
1: it's not new money. There are no yeah, okay. new buyers here. So so I get that point. So but this still doesn't answer the question which is why is everything why are all of these other things pumping and why isn't Eth pumping. I would have expected it to also be part of the the chips that even the internal, uh, I guess, casino is 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 bidding up, and it's not happening. Right. This is this is my meme for you, David. This is David <laughs> waiting for ETH to pump. This is the classic uh, kid in middle school with mm-hmm. like the veins popping out, just like holding in a fart or something else. Uh, <laughs> that's what you look like right now, David. <laughs> in this, uh, but like, okay. So why isn't ETH pumping mm-hmm. though? Can you answer that question? So I have two takes on this.
0: Uh, I think. ETH was a clear winner in the 2022 uh, bear market year where prices were just going down. ETH was a relative winner. It held strong versus Bitcoin. Uh, Alts, uh, Avalanche, Solana, Terra Luna all just got decimated versus ETH. And so people who, de- who decided to leave chips on the table, if they had their chips on ETH, they left it there. Hmm. And so people who pulled their chips out of the table, one of the like Avalanche, Solana, you know, down 95%, they got their chips pulled. And so when the chips come back, people have, there's less chips to come back to Ether than there are on the downstream alts, right? People went risk off due to high interest rates. So that, that's what kind of my first take is that like people that had their chips on ETH left them on ETH. And now that we are seeing a, a risk on phase of the market, people are going downstream. That's my first like kind of qualitative argument. But I think Ram Alawalia here, previous Bankless guest, has a much more concrete argument, which is, Again, why is ETH lagging? Well, actually, because people are buying the Grayscale ETH E-Trust before buying spot ETH. So the Grayscale ETH E-Trust traded at like a negative 40%, 30% discount just a few months ago. And that discount is about up to negative 10%. The Grayscale ETH E-Trust just absorbed all of this brand new buying uh, pressure that was actually coming from net new money. This is the, These are people that... Are, Partly crypto natives who are trying to buy crypto uh, Ether at a discount. And also, if it's going to be the Grayscale Trust, it's going to come externally. And so the, as the discount has floated back towards nav, we're like w- within striking distance, this just absorbed all of Ether's buy pressure over the last like month or so, where the so- discount kind of came closer to par.
1: I I sort of get that argument. By the way, I was one of those those buyers because Hmm. it was very clear to me over the summer that um, ETH-E was underrated relative to the price of Ether. So um, this was in retirement accounts, and I purchased uh, some of that ETH-E. And and so I think part of that makes sense, but that is only a temporal phenomenon. So Mm -hmm. once the price of ETH-E matches NAV or exceeds NAV, then that excuse goes away, David. And there's a lot of other trust products. Like if you look at Link or like... um, uh, Grayscale has a Solana trust product. Mm-hmm. These are up like multiple, many multiples over now. Okay. Have a huge premium over nav right now, both Solana and link. Okay, David. So, so I get what you're saying. Cause I was actually one of those buyers over the mm-hmm. summer. I, I saw this massive discount of, uh, ETH E discount to nav. And I was like, I had some retirement accounts with some dry powder in them. And I, and I went in. And that makes sense. But at some point in time, there will be no discount to NAV for ETH. And it will level off to to 0%. And then it will start climbing. Okay. And so then that excuse kind of evaporates. That excuse for ETH evaporates. And by the way, if you look at some of the other Grayscale trusts, like they have a Solana Trust, they have Mm -hmm. a Link Trust, for example, those things are trading at massive multiples over NAV. So I don't know if it tells the full story here, but I'm a patient investor, okay, Uh, Maybe I'm dealing with some cope right now. I don't know if if you are, David, but I'm a patient investor. I know how these markets uh, generally play out. But the big question is because a lot of people are saying, "Okay, Grandpa Eth, yeah, that was last year's like bull case. Uh, It's not going to be the same this year. That was kind of like it's been superseded, right?" It's back to our theme from our last takes episode of Ethereum being kind of the the buggy. We got uh, you know the motorized vehicle on the scene, and so Ethereum is legacy tech. Do you think some of this rotates back into Ether, or do you think that is COPE? Well, I think this is
0: why I brought up the, the idea of the craps table at the very beginning. It is when, it, when it's bull market time, it is narrative season. People rotate from 6 to 4 to 8. It's rotation time. And so there's going to be different narratives that circulate around the bull market that people are going to try and instill. Some people will try and follow. Some traders will trade. But yes, eventually there will be a grand rotation back into ETH and then it will go out of ETH. It'll go further back down the market cap stack. Here's a a Van Spencer tweet that I thought was useful where uh, he kind of just said, illustrated the point that that I'm trying to, to illustrate here as well, where he just states, it feels like we've come full circle on the narrative. ETH is deflationary. Ethereum NFT activity is picking up. DeFi reflation due to new borrow and supply capital. LST share growing real world asset narrative in Fuego, ETF in route with most of crypto Twitter now rotated into shit coins. You'll never guess what happens next. So Vance is saying kind of something that I'm, I've been saying is that people that had chips deployed them down market cap, down into the altcoin, uh, and no one knew really has allocated their chips towards ETH. And so if we understand that there is like this sloshing around of capital from traders and rotators and narrative players, uh, Ethereum, that gas tank is empty relative to the sloshing around of capital elsewhere. Uh, and so if we look at flows, like if we look at diffusion, there, the, what I'm identifying and what Vance is identifying is there is a, a low point of diffusion that capital will ultimately diffuse to
1: back towards ETH. Okay, so I've got two comments on that. Sure. Number one, the first, the first is this. Um, doesn't this depend very much on what the net new buyers want to actually buy and mm-hmm. invest in? And maybe you could make the case that Bitcoin and Ether are going to get uh, to ETFs that are institutional grade months years ahead of everybody I else that case, actually <laughs> okay so then so then net new buyers will maybe maybe come from there but it does depend on what the net new buyers actually want to buy mm. but another i guess uh comment i have for you is you know what this reminds me of david is actually uh 2020 mm. um in the beginning of the last bull market except last time it was bitcoin that took the lead and DeFi tokens And there was like a crypto barbell portfolio strategy at that time, which was in vogue. uh, A lot of um, ETH fading going on, and it was basically all you need are DeFi tokens and Bitcoin. Why? Because you have your store of value asset that is Bitcoin, the hardest money in existence. We love it. It's Bitcoin, 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 right? And you have DeFi tokens. What does that represent? The future of finance. This is the new banking system. Why do you need ETH for? ETH is just gas. Okay. So it reminds me a little bit of that trade, that narrative trade that probably lasted for three to six months, I would say, in 2020. Except this time, it's Bitcoin, which has seen some inflows relative to its market size, some impressive inflows. Mm-hmm. And it's um, Solana taking yep. the lead. We're not just Solana, but it's like good blue chip, I would say. Uh, tokens i mean we saw the list earlier right the tokens the 2021 tokens that made it through the 2022 and three and still have excited communities right and enthused communities so it reminds me of of that um that leg of the 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 narrative segment um do do you think i'm onto something there yeah I, i think that's totally right people are taking their
0: loose change their remaining powder and they're deploying it onto assets that they think are going to be bull market winners one of the themes that I'm noticing in like all of these tokens that have pumped recently, right? Uh, Solana, Chainlink, Avalanche, Polygon. One of them is like, hey, these are old faces of the last bull market. But also people are buying block space again. Mm -hmm. Um, People aren't buying Ether, Ethereum. Because that block space has already been like purchased, right? That was remained at saturation. So Solana, Polygon, Avalanche, also like optimism is up bigly. People are buying block space, new block space sellers, cheap block space sellers. Because what did we learn last bull market? So we need block space. We need more block space. And so people are buying cheaper block space and selling expensive block space because that's what we learned last bull market. So what conclusions do you have for, for, from this take, David? Mm hmm. I have, I have one big conclusion and one big question that I think everyone in the crypto industry needs to ask ourselves, because this bull market catalyst, the Bitcoin and Ether spot ETF approvals, hopefully approvals, that we're assuming approvals, that is awesome. That is great. That's a huge milestone for the industry. That sets in stone a bull market, if it does, if it sets in stone a bull market, it will be a very different bull market than all bull markets previously, and I'll get to why. So, like, let me let me run you through the thought process here. So, with a premature launch of the BTC ETF, crypto investors have reconsidered what it means to be on sides. It was a wake-up call to alert the people of a big incoming bullish catalyst. The players look wake up. They look around the board. They start placing their chips on what they seem to be likely bull market activity uh, locales venues. Right? Solana was the clear winner here. It's pumped earliest and the hardest. Some familiar faces as well. You know, Avalanche. Uh, ThorChain, Link, Matic. These are all the risk-on players of crypto going down the market cap stack, allocating their chips. Meanwhile, the Grayscale and ETH discounts approach par. All the incoming new capital goes into Ether, the, ETH, the Grayscale ETH Trust and the Bitcoin ETH uh, Trust. And everyone who is buying alts that aren't Bitcoin or, and Ether, I think are actually long a traditional crypto bull market that we've seen before and sh- implicitly short incoming ETF flows into the market. Because if you are buying Solana, you are not going to be exposed to the incoming flows of the spot Ether ETF or the spot Bitcoin ETF. Only Bitcoin and Ether are going to have exposure to those spot ETFs. Everything else downstream won't have that unless we get um, ETFs for the downstream. The downstream tokens, which we like TBD, there's no evidence to suggest that we're getting that anytime soon. And so there's people are placing their chips. Some people are placing it on I'm bullish flows. I think the uh, ETF approvals are going to bring in so much more capital and that capital is going to go into Bitcoin or Ether. And then you have the crypto Twitter narrative people who are saying it's a bull market. I'm going to go and speculate down the long tail, down in the avalanche, like Solana uh, long tail of, of assets. My big question that I have is where is the endogenous factor of the crypto bull market? Bitcoin and ether are going to absorb all the external spot buying pressure because that's what an ETF does. That is the ETF mechanism. So where is the external bid going to go towards downstream long tail crypto assets? Where is crypto's internal thermo generation? How do we generate heat internally as a bull market, like the ICO mania of 2017 was crypto internal thermo generation. We made our own heat. We made our own activity. What was 2020 and 2021? That was DeFi summer and NFT mania. That was our own bull market. This incoming bull market catalyst is being triggered by external buying pressure coming for the blue chips, Bitcoin and Ether. So there's a line here between the internal narrative games of Twitter and crypto Twitter and the crypto industry saying, oh, it's a bull market. I'm going to buy Solana because I know it's going to bring in a ton of new people and they're going to want a cheap block space. Or there is, it is a Bitcoin and Ether ETF approval. And those are two, those are the only two uh, assets that are going to absorb all the incoming flows. So my question is like, if we do want this to be a very big bull market, the the one that we've seen in the, in, in history, where is our internal, internal, endogenous catalyst for block space demand for activity because that remains that is an unknown question and that's my take
1: where indeed does the question and when we come back i'll ask you another question which is was all of that cope david that's what we're about to discuss <laughs> Guys, stay tuned.
0: Kraken knows crypto. We are all on the journey of building a better financial system, and Kraken has been leading that charge for over a decade. Crypto is world-changing tech, and it's Kraken's mission to accelerate the adoption of crypto so that you and the rest of the world can achieve financial freedom. Head over to kraken.com to see what crypto can be. And once you buy your assets on Kraken and you need to start exploring DeFi, make sure you explore it through your MetaMask portfolio, a deeper, more expansive way to use MetaMask that gives you the battle station you need to navigate the bull market. You can buy, swap, bridge, and stake your crypto assets with ease. I already know that you have a MetaMask wallet, so go check out your MetaMask portfolio. Did you know that Arbitrum is the fourth largest chain by economic activity in crypto? How did Arbitrum get there? Well, with low fees and fast transactions, of course. With over 600 apps on Arbitrum, the Arbitrum ecosystem has a solution for you. Whether you're into DeFi, NFTs, or you simply need a fast chain, or even if you want your own dedicated throughput with an Arbitrum orbit, Arbitrum has a home for you. Visit Arbitrum.io to get started with your journey with one of the most active chains in crypto. And if you want to try out a newer Layer 2 to the Ethereum family, try out Cello, a battle-tested EVM Layer 1 that has recently decided to move to Ethereum. Cello is the mobile-first carbon-negative blockchain built for the regenerative future. With the Cello Layer 2, gas fees will stay low, and you can even pay for gas using ERC-20 tokens. Follow org on Twitter and visit Cello.org to shape the future of Ethereum. Or maybe you think that there are too many Layer 2s on Ethereum for you to manage. Don't worry, Uniswap is helping all of Ethereum Layer 2s fade into the background as Intense from Uniswap X allows you to seamlessly swap from chain to chain without even thinking about it. With Uniswap X, Ethereum Layer 2s become just Ethereum. No chain burdens, just good swapping and optimized execution. Try out Uniswap X by going to app.uniswap.org to get you from asset to asset and chain to chain without thinking. Are you launching a token? Is it already live? How are you managing the legal and tax for providing token awards to your team? Toku simplifies everything about managing token grant compensation and you can get started for free. With Toku, you'll have access to top-notch legal and tax support to handle the distribution and management of tokens for your team. Toku understands every grant structure and caters to every step of the compliance process. Visit them at toku.com bankless. And last up, GMX, but specifically GMX V2, offering even faster on-chain trading for DeFi liquidity providers. GMX is a permissionless decentralized exchange that offers perpetual futures in spot trading. Liquidity providers receive 63% of all of GMX's protocol fees and GMX users Get a referral link to lower fees for you and your referrals. Try out GMX V2 now at app.gmx.io. Now, onto the show.
1: Okay, I'm opening with this meme, David. Are we the baddies now? This is the uh, Ethereum community here. I uh, spun this up for our bankless take show. Uh, and it's of course, I don't I don't know, I even know where this is from, but uh, a Nazi not. asking the question: Are we the baddies now? This is the Ethereum community asking the question, are we the maxis now? This was a tweet that got some steam. Um, I, I don't know, the last five days or so from our friend, friend of the show, Udi Wertheimer. He says this. He writes an entire uh, thread, by the way. Actually, it's not a thread. It's just a just a long-ass tweet. A page. How to cope with soul going up as an ETH maxi, a letter from a former Bitcoin maxi. Of course, Udi Wertheimer was, I guess, formerly a Bitcoin maxi. Um and now it just seems like he's a he's a take maxi, maybe he's a he's a Twitter uh, maxi. But he says this, it happens every cycle. The old guard has it all figured out. Their bags are packed and ready to go, the bull is at the gates. The new kids are finally here. So why aren't they buying our coins? David, why aren't they buying our ETH? Sorry, ETH podcasters. You're the new laser eyes. You're the maxis now. You got cocky. You took your eyes off the ball. You got old. You got slow, pretentious, too preachy. You promised scale and shards, but no one cares about your empty promises now. I feel like he's talking about us, David. It's over. Or is it? No, it's not. ETH can recover, but you have to earn it. And he goes through five steps. Step one, admit that you have a problem. So he's saying Ethereum has a problem. Right. It's not pumping as much in the market. So you can see, obviously, it has a problem. Step two, newsflash, everyone is not just like you. I take this to mean, basically, not everyone values the same things that the OGs right. do. or no the cares old about guard Ethereum does. alignment. Yeah, no one cares. Did anyone care in the Bitcoin maxi circles about their ability to kind of run a node or like they're kind of like... Right. Uh, Block size debates? No. Step three, he says, stop being a maxi. Don't tie your identity to your bags. Step four, hone in on what you're good at. Quite simply, Ethereum is good at a lot of things, but it can't do everything. So you need to find the X factor. What is Ethereum best at? Number five, go all in. So once you find that thing you're best at, go all in. He says, uh, P.S., if you get this far, thanks for reading. Hopefully, it should be clear to you by now that this is also a letter for Bitcoin (laughs) maxis. Okay, let me ask you first. I've got some takes on this, but let me ask you uh, this. Are we the baddies now? Are we the maximalists now? And Udi is clearly identifying. He's saying, like, you know, the Bitcoin maxis, they went toxic. They thought there was only Bitcoin. Everything else was a shitcoin. coin. Right. Right. And now Ethereum community, you're doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're very excited about your Ethereum thing. You're very excited about your layer twos. It seems very clear from the market activity over the last 30 to 90 days that that thesis is wrong and you have to capitulate. And the sooner you do it, the better, like, the, the better of a bull cycle you'll actually have. So get on with it. What do you think?
0: Is our Ethereum maxis this new Bitcoin maxis? Uh, yes. And no, Uh, Bitcoin maxis are insane people. Like, (laughs) those people are disconnected from reality. Okay. People that never dabbled with Ethereum would just advently like, repeat the same Bitcoin maximalist gospel. You can't run an Ethereum node, blah, 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 blah just like straight things that are just completely disconnected from reality. Yeah. It's like to some sort of like religious zealotism. Okay, but um, they
1: don't think that. That's the thing. You could be in your own bubble. You, like they don't think that they're crazy. You you might be crazy and not know that you're crazy. Uh, yeah,
0: and that's the yes part of the, of, of the <laughs> answer. It's like, well, like, I'm sure that I uh, have said some things about Solana in the past that are just objectively untrue. Yeah. But there's a difference between the, the crazy zealotry of a Bitcoin maximalist and the actual like pragmatism and like generally reasonableness of Ethereum. Anyone Why? Is this
1: because you respond to facts and logic and you yes. generally, you, you, yes. you don't lie? Sometimes May- you're mistaken, but you're trying exactly. not to spread misinformation and propaganda? Yes. I
0: would, I would say a characterization of Ethereum, Maximus included, is generally uh, a, a an interest in the truth. That is, I would say that is a Ethereum property, which when we're at our best, when we're at our best, yes, when we're at our best, right. And so not always perfectly. Attempt to uh, to seek truth. Uh, And so like, yeah, like there's maximalism and tribalism is almost basically the same, just with one degree of uh, differences in degrees. And so anyone, anyone who is tribal has like a little bit of maximalist in them. Sure. But it's like, so we all have that gene. But do we also have like when you when you have you have activator genes and you also have like suppressor genes, right? Uh, so Bitcoin maximalists have very high maximalist genes with no suppressor genes, and I would say the Ethereum maximalists have much more suppressor genes of maximalist tendencies than other tribes.
1: I also think that there's an element of uh, you You want to be you want to veer towards maxi on m- maxi values, right? Yeah. A set of values that you hold true to. Mm-hmm. But when you get maxi to a certain uh, asset or a right. certain school of thought and you kind of disconnect that from values and it becomes like my team versus your team just because my yeah. team is wearing a different jersey than your team or has a different asset ticker, that's when it becomes more toxic. So I, I agree with you. I think that there's some uh, false comparison Going mm-hmm. on with with Udi's tweet. I will also say this, David. Um, Ethereum has always been poly. It's always been t- a poly asset. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the purpose. That's why it's programmable. Right. You have these things called ERC-20s that are poly asset. Whereas Bitcoin has always been... It's about Bitcoin. Mono that's asset. the only yeah. asset. It's mono mm-hmm. asset. I And I also think that um, one, one thing that people mistake, in, in addition to like being mixing up a values maxi with like a, a, a specific tribe, Maxi. Having a thesis about a particular set of assets is not being Maxi. That's mm-hmm. called being an investor, right? okay? And there's there's a huge difference. Like I have a thesis, I could be right or wrong. The long term market will show me whether I'm right or wrong. But that's just called like making mm-hmm. a bet, I guess on a, on a slot in the in the crap table. And having conviction on that bet. I don't think that's being, that's called just being an investor. I think right. there's a bit of that um, blended in here. I have a few other takes on this. Like, so here he, he says this, Udi uh, says this, David, admit that you have a problem. My big question to you is he right? Does Ethereum have a problem? Or is this just narrative pump? Like, when people see this kind of market activity on the scoreboard, they just assume things. And my take is this is, you can't assume things on the 30 to 90 day, okay? You have to zoom okay. out and look at long-term trends. It's too soon to call that right. Ethereum strategy is completely wrong. Like I feel like they're, you're fading it too soon. What do you think about that?
0: Knowing Udi, a lot of motivations for this massive tweet is for tribes to be told that they're wrong. Like <laughs> U- Udi is like tribe tribalists and he yeah, loves he knocking loves down that. other people and he will definitely take that opportunity to do that. So he'll, he'll always try and take like the Ethereum maxis down a peg because like he's a troll. That's what he is. We're elevating him on this podcast. We're doing the exact thing that he wants to do. <laughs> he's, he's just like it. inflammatory. And so like, do do you have a problem? I would say like the biggest, if you think that Ethereum has a problem and it needs to be addressed, what is that problem and how do you address it? And if we are taking it from the perspective that Solana is the solution and Solana has the solution and, and Ethereum needs to take a leaf out of their book, the answer is going to be the EVM. Like, the problem is the EVM. Sure. It's slow. It's serial. Uh, it's constrained. It's like if Solana has like the parallel but, gas yeah. markets and parallel yeah. fee markets and Ethereum doesn't. And so Udi is saying, that, that is how I interpret that. If we want to try and like listen to Udi and be pragmatic here, it's like, okay, we need a better VM. So to compete with Solana. And so that begs the question, like, is the Ethereum virtual machine inappropriate for Ethereum and could be better, or is UDI just trying to dunk? And the Ethereum virtual machine is built in a very specific way to be very secure, to match the security properties of Ethereum, and to have all of that just like be de-risked, be de- to not be a threat to the network. Is that appropriate for Ethereum or is that not appropriate for Ethereum? Could we
1: do multi-threaded a virtual machine? How would we do oh, that? Oh, we like- are, David. That's the thing. We are. That's what layer twos are. You could do You <laughs> could do multi-threaded. You could do like whatever you want on but top no, of okay, the layer so two. Okay, so the Solana side would be like, no, it needs to be on the layer one but it doesn't though that that so here's the other thing i think is that not only are people uh, fading ethereum people are fading uh, layer 2s way too early right i don't know if you saw this uh, tweet from uh, mustafa Albasem. okay so imagine if paypal decided to start running a rollup sequencer to just they were just using their existing app and they were just mm-hmm. posting batches of its transaction data on chain all right boom paypal becomes a rollup like immediately that's all it takes the paypal app a, is now a rollup a paypal app And I think a lot of people assume that people, you know, that um, new uh, folks that are using crypto are going to enter it the same way we did. They're going to, you know, open up their Phantom Wallet or their MetaMask wallet, and they're going to create an account and start using the chain. It doesn't necessarily have to happen that way. In Mm. one fell swoop, a company, a side chain like PayPal or any banking system, JP Morgan has a private blockchain with their own stablecoin. If they made that public and started committing transactions, with with a sequencer back to Ethereum, they would convert into a rollup, and they get an additional set of auditability by uh, confirming those transactions on chain. Okay, so this goes to like from double entry bookkeeping to triple entry bookkeeping, where you are committing transactions on chain and auditing that in a public way, uh, and you're uh, creating a more trustless system. So that's what can happen. I anyway, I just think the the whole idea of fading layer twos at this stage before we've even seen the um the new set of transact like the new set of opportunities and the new ways these will be built out is uh is silly like it's way too early to call it um the other thing i want to say is if you are thinking that ethereum is going to outperform every coin in crypto like the top 500 right you are wrong that is that is an unrealistic expectation in the bull market in the bull market it's a 250 billion dollar okay. asset it's not it's not a penny coin Okay. Mm -hmm. So if ETH goes up 10%, it adds a Solana to its market cap. (laughs) That's how big it is. All right. So there are tons of higher return assets that you can buy in a bull market. And people should have fun with that. If they're playing the craps game, they're playing the casino, right? You've got these whale that take a lot to move, these whale assets like Bitcoin and Ether. Of course, you're going to get higher multiples down the stack. You have to ask yourself, what's your risk reward appetite, right? I don't think anybody, uh, at least, you know, who, who is an ETH advocate, thinks that Ethereum is going to be the thing that soaks up all of the, the market cap for all of crypto, like forever. Like that's not the thesis for Ethereum. So that's another thing, is I think that there's uh some unrealistic expectations. And the last thing I think is wrong with Udi's thread is he seems to think that um the Ethereum community is like bitter about this right. and like yeah. angry about it. Right. It, it, he's presenting a narrative that. A very small minority of Ethereum is representing. Well, I think there are some. And I think Certainly. that I, I don't want to completely discount this because you'll, yeah. Always, yeah. Find you'll always find some true examples. ETH yeah. maxi on Twitter who just hates this and is not honest and all of these things. OK. Um, but I think this in general if you are a person who is bitter and angry every time someone else's coin, a coin that you don't hold, goes up in price. You're gonna have a really bad time in crypto. Yeah. The bull market's <laughs> gonna suck. It's gonna, you're absolutely gonna lose money. <laughs> suck. So, this is where like comparison is the thief of joy. Uh-huh. You know, we did that Morgan Housel episode earlier this week, and he just brought some timeless investing tips. And like one of them is how to be happy. And the way you are happy is you don't envy somebody else's gains. Okay. Like if you're buying ETH, you're buying a lower um, risk asset. I would say, from a risk-adjusted adjust, basis, it's one of the best assets that you could buy. But it doesn't mean it's going to pump as much as all of the other assets. So don't be envious. Don't be. Don't start comparing with someone else's portfolio who does, because you'll follow that t- trail from Link and Solana, and then you know you'll be bidding on like the next meme coin, the next right. Pepe Frog meme coin, and then where does that get you? Right. So. Uh, yeah, that's another thought I have as I was uh, reading about this. Mm-hmm. I have two takes to round out this section before we go on to the last. I thought Santiago
0: summed this up nicely when he put out this tweet. There are two kinds of people, those that celebrate the success of others and those that can't stand it. Be the former. It's like just good. If you are not Zen as you go through this bull market, your brain is going to be fried by the end of it. So like practicing mindfulness and appreciation uh, is, is a good thing. Uh, that being said, I've got one more take to, to round out this section. And I thought Ledger's response to Udi's very, very long tweet was the best, which was, bro, this was so long. I thought I was going to read it, but then I couldn't bother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you telling me you didn't read this? I read parts of it. I'm like, no,
0: it's just like U- Udi likes to twist knives around narratives.
1: Yeah. Well, he's great at that. It's he's a, really it's a, good at it. I think it's a tweet that sounds a lot smarter than it actually is. No yeah. disrespect, Udi. Uh, but we, we know who you are. <laughs> we know the game you're we playing. We know your game. <laughs> All right, last take. You ready for it? Yeah, hit me. David, I think the bull market is more dangerous than the bear market. And I expect you're going to agree with me on yeah. this. Okay? And the reason is... I can try I, and answer said, if you want. I've, I've said I've, I've seen firsthand that bull markets are more dangerous than, than bear markets. And that... that what that means is that's when an investor, that's when I have made all of my mistakes. Hmm. I don't generally make mistakes during the uh, the bear market, right? Because what the only mistake you can make during the bear market is you capitulate, you sell assets that you, right. you know you you lose your conviction, and that's never been a problem at least for me. Where I see the crypto natives, which is what you're, you you are arguing for in the in the beginning, which is everybody playing this market right now they're all still crypto natives we don't have that um, exogenous source of capital coming in so I'm talking to the crypto natives here the mistake you're going to make the most hazardous mistakes are actually during uh the bull market okay and uh, I've got some some tips on how to survive but let me just ask you do you feel like you make all your mistakes during the uh the bull market or the bear market you know is, does that ring true for you as well I make good decisions at the beginning
0: of a bull market. (laughs) My decisions, the quality of my decisions decay as time goes on. And also, just to play devil's advocate, there are more decisions to make in a bull market, so there's more traps to fall into. 100%. But you don't have to make these
1: decisions. That's the thing. I think they're false decisions. You kind of gotta play the game though sometimes. You don't have to. You don't sometimes actually you have to. Sometimes you got a FOMO. All right. So you don't. That's what I'm saying. And then and then as sometimes the, you do. As the bud buzz, buzz kicks in, and as you get drunker and drunker during the party, that FOMO is gonna sound like a good idea. Yeah. So while we're all sober here, this was a continuation from, from last week where we said, Hey, some things, while you're while you're not drunk, let's mm. talk about this. Five tips this is what I'm going to do. Number one, I'm going to have a sell plan. Okay. I think David, people forget to, uh, they remember to dollar cost average in, at least sometimes mm-hmm. they do. They forget to dollar cost average out. And sometimes I, they, instead of forgetting to dollar cost average out, they actually accelerate their <laughs> DCA <DCA-ing> in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, if you're DCA into, you know, good assets, I think that mm-hmm. makes sense. Anyway, have a sell plan. But one tip on that, don't sell everything. Don't sell everything, would be my tip. Uh, Hold on to some things. Remember, crypto is in a secular bull market, it's like a multi decade bull market. It's never Um, gone
0: down over the longest amounts of time.
1: Here's another one don't chase the pumps. Mm -hmm. All right. So have a home base. My home base is Bitcoin and Ether, Um, less Ether, less Bitcoin than Ether. others might be a different set of assets you know the link marines might their home base might be link mm-hmm. um, some people have a home base of Solana mine is like crypto monies that are store of value assets that I feel like are durable and then have a side pocket for more speculative assets mm-hmm. you know what i what what's your, what's your portfolio look like in terms of weighting so i'm mm-hmm. a bit like probably these days i'm a bit like 90% 10 so 90% of my like crypto assets are just hold long-term yeah. and then 10% is kind of a uh, play money. How do you do things? I'm about, uh, no, I'm more degen than you. So I'm anywhere between like
0: 75 and 80 to 25 to 20. Okay. I play. But it's still not I crazy.
1: I play craps. I mean, some <laughs> people flip that and they have like 10 to 20% on the home right. base. And then my they have first
0: 80%. bull market, I was like 90%. No, no I, was, judgment. I was a hundred percent play.
1: I was a hundred judgment, no judgment. Play. <laughs> and it but, worked. Look and then it didn't work <laughs> well but the one thing i'd say to you right like uh if you're playing that game uh-huh. that's a game you can play right rotate those profits into home base though again right. back to number one have a sell plan right so don't just like roll with it i think you got to rotate those assets into uh safer things number three david why don't you say this one because i know you feel it more passionately than me number three set aside taxes <laughs> when you swap assets
0: You are incurring a taxable event likely because probably that asset went up. Uh, So that means that you owe somebody else, the IRS or your respective tax agency, whatever country you live in, you owe them money. So if you keep your chips on the table, but you are accumulating a bill, that is risky and that can get you wrecked.
1: Yeah, I I love that you were the one to say this, David. That is so good. (laughs) Why? Why? I you're, 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 you're gonna say you that? that. Why? why. <laughs> I think everyone knows why. It, you know, people can infer if they don't know as well. Um, but my advice is record your tax obligations as they're incurred mm-hmm. not at the end of the year because they can uh, they can right. mount up that bill can you go. don't set- estimate them in your head don't have a paper, yeah. paper tax bill in your head and just set some stuff aside as you yeah. go um, the Four we already covered which is don't compare with other people and then fifth is something we talk about so often on bankless which is choose your character class so as you this is choose- mostly for first cyclers I would say for new newer people older people generally know what their strategy is. I think people switch into things like you said you your first cycle, you're probably like narrative trader, right? Uh And gem hunter. That, that was your, uh, those were your dual character class. (laughs) Pump follower a little bit. (laughs) Um, Now you've become more a long-term investor plus some narrative trade on the side, right? So you've reallocated your skill points. I think this goes for new investors and old investors alike. Like you can just reallocate your skill points, but it's, you got to play, play to the strengths of your class. I would Mm -hmm. say pick a lane. Don't try to like, jump all over the place this week. I'm a trader, you know, three months from now, I'm in like, and now I'm stacking. Like it just doesn't work. Um, the last thing I would say is this is how we're all going to feel pretty soon. We're all pretty soon. If this bull market goes how we expect it to go, you're going to feel real smart. You're going to feel like a genius. Okay. And the smarter you feel invincible too. Yep. The smarter you feel, the dumber you actually are. (laughs) Okay. Cause that's when you start to make the bad decisions
0: The smartest Um, thing that you've done, bankless listener, is stick around during the bear market.
1: Every further decision that you make over the next year will be dumber than that decision. 100%. I want to take you you guys back, if you're listening now, go back to January 2022. You know who the smartest people in crypto were at that time? I'll give you three names (laughs) Doquan, Suzu, (laughs) SBF.
0: These guys were so smart, bro.
1: He was the boy genius. People were getting tattoos of Do Kwon's chain right. on their arms, Oof. okay? You could not win a Twitter battle with these people. Right. They, they would absolutely swarm you. It was like these were the pedestal. These were the smartest investors of the bull cycle. We know how that ended. Right. You just be a humble investor with a bull market plan. Mm-hmm. That's the advice. Those are the takes. Be- become
0: smarter in the bear market when the assets are cheaper and all of your friends don't care. That's yeah. the time to be smart. And sadly, you kind of have to keep it to yourself because no one's interested. Which means take you get all from, the gains.
1: Take it from Eric Voorhees too. There's a bonus tweet for you, David. Don't try to 100x in one cycle. This is horrible advice. <laughs> so he's he's responding to someone mm-hmm. who is like, if you're not rich, you can 100x this cycle. And Voorhees is like, don't do that. Right. Don't do that. You don't have to do it in all in one blast. We've got multiple cycles at this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll end there. Guys, this has been Bankless Takes, risks and disclaimers. Of course, you got to know crypto is risky. You could lose what you put in, but we are headed west. This is the frontier. It's not for everyone, but we're glad you're with us on the bankless journey. Thanks a lot.